Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. You're in for a treat. I'm telling you. You hear that? I mean, waiting on him to click on. Wait on him to get his video together. What we're doing. And I'll give you some more info on that there tune. As the show progresses. That's what we're going to do. Hopefully everybody out there is doing pretty good. Let me send him a message real quick. Tell him. That... There we go. <laughs> My brother, you have an extra window. Can you see me now? Yeah, I can see you now. You okay. have a, so you clearly have a phone. That's the phone. And then this is the, okay, cool. Man, I had is this. It better if I, is it better if I go on my laptop? Whatever you feel most comfortable with, um, you know, for an extended period of time. Probably a laptop. Yeah, you're right, cause... Because you want to get tired of holding that phone. Yeah. You're probably already tired holding the phone. <laughs> Joseph Nevels, ladies and gentlemen. Trevante Waller. Man, I had the musical intro and everything. It was special, too. <laughs> Safe. What song did you say? Oh, you had the. Okay, nice, I, nice. Yeah, I had, a, I had to cue it up. It was beautiful. I, was, I had a tear. I one one I one Denzel tear, a single tear. No, the single, the singular solitary tear. Man, yeah, it ain't nothing but just no sleeves are allowed. Just no sleeves. Right. This is the no right. sleeves club. I started the. I was like, man, should I go put on another shirt? I'm like, nah. And then for know, who? <laughs> We're usually on the same 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 wavelength anyway. So yeah, I wasn't about to judge you for your sleeves, or I might have judged you for your sleeves. Actually, bro, it's too hot for that. I'm like, just Joe, what what are you doing? This is not a day at the office. It is a day at the office, actually. But you know what I'm saying? It's just me, man. It's just me. It's always just going to be just me. Hundred percent. It's probably and it's probably even hotter up there, man. It probably is. I wouldn't know, man, because I ain't even. I just looked, my eyeballs looked outside for the first time today, just now. This, you know, it's a lot of sun out there. I ain't Icarus player. I ain't flying close to the sun. Um, you Back. sent the email to. Hmm? You sent the email to Jay Neville's Law. Yep. Okay. At Ymail. Yeah. Right. Dot com. <laughs> Hey, it's funny, man. It's interesting to me that people, some people still have Y-mail. Why? <laughs> Hotmail. How come? At MSN. What if, if somebody hit you with the AOL? <laughs> man, I just don't. Hey, I'm good. Somebody asked me my email, but 
I'm just going to do it to see what they do. They don't strike me like maybe they'll have this face. <laughs> like, I don't uh, even want to. And we shouldn't be elitist about email addresses. It's like, man, that's just where the mail goes. Who cares? But right, boy, exactly. it's just something untrustworthy of somebody who's rocking. Like, what are you doing on ALL American Online? What, like, what are you doing? I ain't even somebody know. Hit, somebody hit me with the ALL, man. It makes me. Yeah, it does just make you wonder. Like, because what other silly decisions are you making? You see, I understand. Like, just, what up? What else are you at that out of touch with? What else are you doing? How not in tune to any radio station are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Like, you still using Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves for your search engine inquiries? Like, what are you <laughs> doing Jeeves, out here, oh, man? You still asking Jeeves Ask questions, Jeeves. my nigga? You have a little butler suit on. Yes! Yes! <laughs> you still asking Jeeves questions, nigga? We hey. asking Siri, Cortana, we asking all of them bitches questions. Getting yeah. answers too, <laughs> real. When we first started using SGs and at uh like elementary school. <laughs> Net Netscape Navigator. Oh, <laughs> Netscape. Hey, that was back in our um what what were we using? We were learning how to type. Yeah, it must have been. With the sheath over the keyboard. Yeah. ASDF. ASDF. Uh, AF, AF. You remember that country uh, teacher we had? AF, AF, yeah. AF, same AF, yeah, AF, Spice. Yeah. Can't remember her name. She was sweet. Yeah, I remember her. Yo, she she would hit you left wheel, uh, left field though, because she had a, a she she was the one with the Mitsubishi three thousand GT. <laughs> I don't remember that. She didn't need that job. <laughs> she didn't need that job. She was That's just keeping funny, busy. Man. Yeah, just teaching niggas how to type. Hour a day, couple hours a day, <laughs> go home to our giant farm or whatever she had. Man, tell me you about must have this. Not had, uh, <laughs> did you go to Twinhopper? No, no, man. Did you, you go to Twinhopper? I went there for the first two years. That's right. Now we went to uh, some of you's first year opening was my eighth grade year. Okay. Yeah. Now I went to Twinhopper. I'm I'm tripping, bro. I just said I didn't. Right. And I mean that. Yeah. No, I went to uh, some of you, the Jaguars. That was that. That was that Rick James moment. <laughs> Come on, I ain't gonna, gonna just uh, put muddy feet on his couch like it's something to do. Come on, I got a little bit more sense than that. I got a little bit more sense than that. Yeah, I remember Come on, putting that. my muddy feet on his couch. Black <laughs> <laughs> your couch, nigga. Six seconds later. Hey, moments later. Three moments later. Nah, I didn't go to Twin Alpha. Yeah, I went to Twin Alpha. <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't retracting or redacting. Now, uh, some of you from the very jump, because okay. I think that at that point they had snatched up quite a few uh, twin awful kids. It was a, it's a little takeover, it's a little hostile takeover. Yeah, everything was just brand new, man. It was just like everything in twin awful was still dirty and old. It's like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know. Because you went eighth grade year, huh? Yeah. Okay, I figured. You're like, you know what? It's new. It's shiny. Like, Right. Twin Hop was not about to improve. Nah. A couple of my friends. You know, the funny thing in Twin Hop, I was on the basketball team. And we had these little tiny freaking shorts, like 
me and I was just like John Stockton shorts. <laughs> and uh I mean they were so they were like so short. And uh my mom was like she went to uh what was that that place called where we would get like cleats and, and everything. It, it was in Erlanger. Oh man, it wasn't you know sports. What I'm talking about? It wasn't sports of all sorts. It wasn't though. It wasn't sports of all sorts. It was uh, damn, it was bro. Right. Gobbles, like, goggles or something. Like yeah, you would get your rec specs from there, your jack straps. Yeah. Yeah, your mouthpiece. Your mouthpiece, whatever. your chin strap. I, so you would go there. I would go there specifically cuz they had the like the dope chin straps. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh I think she had them made there. She had some shorts like made and they were just like a reasonable like size you know what i mean they came down a little bit shorter than the nut huggers (laughs) 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 anyway man the they were the uh athletic director saw it in a game was like yeah we can't let you wear those oh yeah it's just like you know how i can tell they're longer than the rest of the team's I'm like Nick Repka right. played you like nah, that. Nah, this was in middle school. Oh, middle school. oh, okay. Lady. I'm like Nick. Don't like, care. Yeah, she was like the gym teacher. Okay, something. But I was like, man. And then the next year, man, Summit View. We had the brand new uniforms, like paint. I mean, you know, you went there. We had the the big uh, mural on the wall, a jaguar busting Bro, out of the busting out of the damn bricks. Yeah. Why would you go to Twin Apple after that? (laughs) We got a Jaguar. We got street graffiti, like street graffiti art. Yo, that guy (laughs) was from like that guy was from jail. They had him come in. That's the best. Probably the best damn artist got caught tagging. He was tight. Hell yeah. Um, Hey, that's the proper outsourcing talent. I'm gonna try to switch over to the to the laptop do you remember the password yeah look let me get that information right now i'm just looking the messages real here right here okay do 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 eight five two zero eight four okay all right bet join with video there it is and then let me admit before you close anything out Bing. Bada beam, bada boom. And we are shapeshift. Okay, but Yo, no, I can close the eye. I'm looking at you from two angles. That's crazy. <laughs> Joseph is getting cinematic. Okay. A little bit of feedback. Yeah, let me stop. I can stop the other one. There we go. Hey. Then you might want to. There we go. Now Joseph looks like an eyewitness report. Who would re, who would prefer to um, have his identity <laughs> kept shrouded, shrouded in shadow? He's got this super deep voice, like the sixty <laughs> minutes profiles. Like, yo, so tell me about this. So I don't know if you listeners are having troubles out there in your neighborhoods, but there's been a a rash of uh, catalytic converter thefts. Not in my area, but 
some people hilarious. Tell yeah. me about this lady who got her whole catalytic converter snatched out from the underneaths of her car from the upside down. Yeah, it's bizarre, man, because uh, the lady shot a text. You know, it was like a little group text of all the different neighbors. And she was like, hey, you know, don't leave your car anywhere for a long period of time. I went out to enjoy some nice weather to go to the beach and my catalytic converter was gone. <laughs> it's unfortunate, I know. And the crazy thing, like, I don't get it, man, because, I mean, it's a decent area, like, you know what I mean? I'm in... You're off of Wilshire. Yeah, in Miracle Mile. Oh. So, like, you know what I mean? That's Black right, Mon- you did move. I'm tripping. Well, yeah. No, no, it's still off of Wilshire, though. Oh, Black okay. Street down the street. Uh-huh. Uh, the Grove's two blocks. So it's like people are just ruthless, man. They don't. <laughs> Bro, this it's is like, this is that Mad Max dystopian future shit for real. People yeah. are harvesting car parts, rust yeah. and all, and fashioning uh, urban assault vehicle machine things. And then they came out in the paper and said, uh, you know, we're not giving. They're going to be holding off on giving tickets during COVID until the end of August or a certain date. Man, they've given out so many tickets since then. It's like... Bro, that's cold-blooded, because that's a pump fake. Like, right, you got to sure. understand. It's like, look... <laughs> yeah, that like that's a pump fake right there. Like, you know <laughs> that the state... I mean, bankruptcy, maybe? Like, you got to be struggling, because they're not getting that revenue... Right. They're not getting any kind of revenue because they shut the whole thing down. And so they're like, all right, we got to trick our citizens into thinking it's okay to park <laughs> so that we can get an influx and infusion of cash, you dirtbags. Yeah, so. That's crazy. Did you get one? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, man. I paid them all, like, last week. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting up to the to the threshold of where they can just tell you. Mm. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think if you have like four unpaid or something, they can just tell you or put a boot. So I'm like, man, I'm not taking any chances right now, especially. So, man, that boot is a weird situation because you're like, all right, now it's eight hundred dollars to free my car from the thing that you wanted my car to not be parked in for too long. Now it's oh. just here until further notice, until I can fundraise and crowdfund. <laughs> yeah, man, I was like. Oh, it's crazy. The first time that happened. Because oh I had a huge meeting that day, man. I stepped, I was going to meet this lawyer uh, out in Beverly Hills. And uh, we had gone back and forth. He was working on this deal. And he, he did like, he's over like Bob Marley's estate and all these, all these dope artists and musicians. And so the day comes and I'm like, all right, bet. Like I'm about to go slide out, chop it up with this lawyer, see what he has come up with for this thing. Man, I go to step outside. I see this big, bright orange boot. And then the big thing plastered on the window. (laughs) So I was just like, my whole body just like 
went weak. <laughs> Dog, it ain't no feeling like that helplessness when your car's been kidnapped. You're like, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't nothing it was, it. it was a combination of that and uh what's the other one uh, <laughs> bro it's just like one of these <laughs> hey yo and then you staring at that nigga that's towing your shit and he ain't trying to hear it you just looking at him like this you come right out of a comic book. Illustrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the bullet flying, on, you know, the, the bullet on Mario Brothers. Bullet Bill from fucking Mario Bros. But I didn't even have time to like, you know what I mean? I had 15 minutes to be there, so I didn't even have time to like oh, sweat it like that. I was like, all right, just let me refocus on what I need to do. And then worry about this after the fact. That is kung fu. Like that is yeah. zen, straight up. You like, you know what? I have a nothing exists but the task at hand. That's Mike Tyson shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny because at the end of the meeting, I told the lawyer, like, he was like, "So did you park, uh, you know, in the garage? Let me give you a." I was like, "Oh, actually." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Wow, wait, so." Hold on, they put up. He couldn't even grasp the concept that <laughs> that that happened. Yeah, they want me to get out of the parking spot, so they made it very difficult for me to get out of this parking spot. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was, but it was it ended up being. Yeah, that's what I realized, man. It's like, it it's definitely, you know, it's different here in that sense. Oh, this place is the devil. Like when it comes to day to day existence, it's terrible. Yeah, they're not trying to. They don't give a shit. Yeah, nobody's trying to give you a break on anything. Mm -hmm. It could literally be like, you know, because the ticket I had gotten, uh, the last ticket I got, I literally ran into the, pulled up to the meter. I literally just needed to get change or something. So I ran into the store. I kid you not, man, it was no more than three minutes. I came back out. I guess they were just posted up somewhere. Wait, ladies writing the thing. I'm like, man, I'm just like, oh, sorry, I already wrote it up. Like, I know. think that these niggas be having stakeouts. Like, this is like 48 oh, hours and another 48 hours. Like, it's a sting operation. And these bitches be sitting there in the bushes. I'm serious, because they don't be around at all. And I'm like, man, I didn't see anybody. And then all of a sudden, they appeared and had the ticket written up. Bro, Before and I even, like say anything, you know how everything else in life can be just canceled or removed, or you know you can abort mission real quick. Like there's a button for that for everything that you do, except for the parking niggas, not yeah. those guys. <laughs> they with their dot matrix handheld printer they got. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. See, look here. It's already there's nothing I can do. The <laughs> missiles are coming. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. There's nothing I can do. It's too late. That's seventy nine dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. no, like you can definitely hit cancel. It's a machine. Yeah. It's a device. All of these things have cancel buttons, dog. What you doing is you just locking that in. No, I'm sorry. There's no, nothing I can do. No, no, I can do. <laughs> I don't know. Like, see, I have a thing. I have beef with just the kind of person that would want to do that for a living. Because the thing is, you don't have to do that job. You don't have yeah. to do that. 
Right. They right. decide these hall monitor ass niggas decide to do that <laughs> job. Like they oh. ruin days for a living. That's what they do. So yeah, I had to learn quick with that. Mm. And out here, I'm like, man, you can't give them any any room. They try to cripple you, like like that. You know, they try to bust your knees up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They try to have you debilitated in California, man. This is the worst place for stuff. Like when and it comes know, to that, you know, it's cool. Like I don't know, man. It's like some people I think have a misconception. And it's been cool, like, mm-hmm. stopping the little silly stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think some people aren't ready for it. And they have a misconception mm-hmm. that it's going to be a certain way. You know what I mean? Uh, and, like, uh, a friend of mine from Cincinnati hit me up recently talking about, like, they were how rough of a time they've had and, like, you know, woo-woo. And, uh, and she's, like, a really dope like uh director mm-hmm. and was killing it in these different places like there atlanta and i think like when she first got here she's like for like the first week or so she was like talking about how amazing it is. you know what i mean you see the beach blah 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 and then like the next time it was like a whole another scenario like oh you know i've been i don't like asking for help but Woo woo! I've been like, it it just sounded crazy, you know. Like, she said she had stayed and been staying in her car for the past couple of nights with like her cat or something, and I was just like, and mm. it's crazy how like things can just flip like that, and people see on the surface Hollywood and they see L.A. and they think you know all of these things, you know, but they don't. Till you're like really in it and experiencing it, it's you know a whole nother scenario, you know. And you can see how fast that can turn on you. How this, how how quickly this environment can turn on you if you don't know how to use your environment. Yeah, exactly. If you aren't resourceful, um, if you don't know how to get out from up under, you know, yeah. and then you let shit pile up. It's like no, don't let that ticket go, bro, because it's going to be times two, and right, then your whole. Exactly means of transportation and therefore your bag getting mobile is gone and then mm-hmm. this shit's added to that don't get a ticket and let that ride that'll be a thousand dollars by the time it's done um oh yeah, yeah. bills You're, to pay leave the yeah. crib you owe a hundred dollars because it just costs that much to be here yeah you're forced to like you said learn how to use the environment that you're in and to re- become resourceful and responsible in a sense otherwise mm-hmm. it's like it will exploit it'll exploit whatever weakness you have you know what i mean if you're not careful uh yeah and then whatever you, have- it is, you know what i mean you want to be on the scene 24 7 like okay <laughs> you know uh whatever your thing is man it's like hollywood can exploit that It'll test your resolve, and you can't show up with a weak constitution. Yeah, yeah. You can't, because we've seen them leave. They show up in droves, and then they leave in flocks, gaggles, Absolutely. herds. They get the fuck up out of here. In fact, 
this place gets them the fuck up out of here. Yeah, no, you're right. They allow it to just sweep them away or sweep them up under the rug. I mean, this is the land of the homeless for a reason as well. Yeah, they they right. also showed up for the weather. Yeah. And man. for the games. Why? You got to realize, remember, you have to know what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. And remember that, like, during these times, you know, otherwise, like you said, they're going right back to Cincinnati, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, wherever, you the know. Buke. Biloxi. Yeah. Like, this and isn't I, the place I, to I try to figure that out. <laughs> I had a show at Dubuque once, man. I was like, how in the world did you know about Dubuque, Iowa? You want to know how? Man, I just, I've met a lot of people in my time. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, he was from Dubuque. Wow. Is, I should say. Nate's still alive. Shout out to Nate. Um, he's from Dubuque, Iowa. And then I met this chick. She's from Dubuque. I, she showed me her ID, and I was like, says Dubuque. I know somebody from Dubuque. She's like, I know that guy from Dubuque. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, usually it's Des Moines, Davenport. I drove through all Iowa. Okay, I got you. Davenport seemed like a more interesting uh, happening place than Des Moines, to be honest. Yeah. That might not be true, but I was just uh, passing through when I was driving across the country. How was your drive across the country? Uh, country, country. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was cool actually, because my mom wanted to see my sister. So she rode with me from Kentucky down to like Texas. So we got, have some interesting conversations and and whatnot. And then from there, yeah, it was, I don't know, man, It, it was really just like, you start to realize different things, uh, different things about yourself, spending all that time with yourself, you know, and then you start to think like, man, like once you kind of, how can I say this? Once you kind of like start to realize that you're actually doing it and it's like the closer you get to it being done, it's like, man, like, I really just did this, you know, and it was like setting, it's like almost like laying that brick and laying the brick and brick, you know, each brick perfectly until you have the wall, you know, and so it's like the closer you get, closer I got, I'm like, man, I'm like pretty much here now, you know, so I went from Mm. my sister's in, uh, uh, what city is uh, Armarillo, Texas. Amadeo, I've driven through there. Yeah, and so I went from there up home, to the home of Garth Brooks. Oh, is that where they're from? I want to say yeah, Amadeo. Yeah. So yeah, I went from there to like Arizona. Yeah, that was the next stop. Yeah, so from there to Phoenix, I had the same stopping points. Yeah, so Amadeo is really the only option to drive through in Texas, unless you want to drive and. 29 hours through the whole country of Texas. Oh, big. You got to drive through the top, (laughs) through Amarillo, Bush, Texas, and then, yeah, you're in Arizona. Yeah, so I hit Arizona. I stopped at uh, um, Swain, Aaron Swain's house. Oh, is that where he lives? 
Yeah, so he's in Phoenix. His wife. Uh, that place is all beige. There's no color there, dog. It's yeah. Where everything's band aid colored or, <laughs> or sand colored. It's beige. Yeah, it's funny. It's so, all, yeah. all sepia. Yeah, he like he loves it out there. Com- compared to home, though, he was like, man, like the weather's nice, man. Like, you know, it's just he's like he was saying he'll never go back to to Kentucky. Okay. But yeah, so I went from there to, and then I went up to Vegas, stayed at one of my homeboys' houses out there, and then I shot over to LA from 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 uh, from Vegas. Okay. Man, I had the power inverter in the uh, the joint so I could power stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was dolo the whole trip, the whole drive. It yeah. Was yeah, it's it's funny because I don't know. I also realized how you can like trick your mind in a sense of like, you know, we would be doing like certain workouts or whatever, running sprints. A lot of it's just mental, and so, so what I would do, yeah, what I would do is just not really pay attention to the clock or the time, and then I would just break it down like, all right, I got six hours. And then I'm in wherever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you, you when you do that, once you've done eight or 10 hours, then like four hours seems like nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Before you know it, it's like, okay, now I'm in Vegas. I'm only however many hours from LA now. I've already drove, driven 10 hours. So like that makes four or five hours seem minute. You know what I mean? So you just like, through these mind things, you know, it's just like training with weights on or something, you know, it's like, all right, I ran in the ocean like this, or I ran on sand. So now I'm out here running these sprints. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, I feel you on those mind games because your mind is powerful and back to the biology of belief, you know, shout out to Dr. Bruce Lipton. It's uh it'll respond accordingly. You know, when I was driving that far a distance, you couldn't think about minutes. You couldn't think about hours or like you just, I was getting through States yeah, state to state. Like, cool. I'm blasting through Kentucky. Cool. Blasting through Indiana. I'm through Indiana. It didn't matter the hours blast through uh, Iowa, which was weird that that was next. You don't realize that or how this, you know, how the, country is set up until you're like oh yeah that's right iowa is right here (laughs) smash through iowa and all of that shit drive through that and then you're driving across nebraska and you notice it because they play nothing but 311 the whole time (laughs) so i'm listening to 311 for like hours driving across that rectangle almost a perfect rectangle avoiding colorado because it's nothing but the Rocky Mountains. So I'm like, I'm not trying to do all of that and having to get snowshoes and shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me uh, go over them. And then, man, and then the next thing you know, you're in. You're in Elko. You're like, yeah, you're passing through Elko. You're driving through Wyoming. That's right. So when you avoid Colorado, you got to go up. So you're in Wyoming. So I'm in Laramie. And it's just more old people per capita. It's interesting. Yeah. Not a large population, but it's gorgeous. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you just look and you're like, man, so this is where they drove the cattle and shit on the way to Abilene. Mm. At, like in those westerns, right? So you have that beauty and it's nothing but old people. Friendly enough. And so you're passing through there. Just kind of not wanting to skate too quickly through that place because you're like, man, you don't see a lot of stuff like this in modern times. Yeah. So yeah. I'm taking my time getting through Wyoming because how often do you go there and for what reasons? Right. So I was like, man, let me just cruise through here, just take my time, just observe all of this majestic beauty, this nature. So I get through there, and then from Wyoming, like, you go back down, and then you're in, like, Elko, Nevada, then you're passing through, and then you're on the border of Nevada now, Reno is is on the other side, and right around there, you're approaching Truckee, and then you're approaching... um, uh, Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, mm. which is majestic in the wintertime, bro, because you're up in the mountains and then you're looking down and there's the lake down. And then no. you're on the edge, no guardrails. You're just on the edge of the mountain, no guardrails, no nothing. Um, and you're just looking down out of your window. Down there, you can just see the lake, just you and the lake, possibly doom if you ain't focused. So you keep rolling. Then from there, you're in California. Yeah. And you still ain't close to L.A., but, you know, you're basically there mentally. See, I went down. I think I went through Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I went through Missouri and down that way, down to Texas, and then back up through, I want to say, like Oklahoma Mm. uh, and then Nevada. Now, the first time I drove across the country, it was from L.A., to back east Kentucky yeah. where we're yeah. from um, that one I was damn sure just trying to get the hell across the country and I went the southern route like you did yeah yeah mm-hmm. I forgot I forgot that I did that before too actually yeah like it's uh, <laughs> there's nothing like getting to know yourself that way with mm-hmm. no influence, no influence, and I, shit, I had a map. It was old school. I, I just had a map I got from Walgreens. I went to the Redlands in California. Stopped yeah. by there at like three in the morning or so at a Walgreens, a twenty-four hour joint, and got a map. And that map, that Thomas Guide or whatever, that I mean, that's what got me across. I said, okay, so where's the, uh, all right, the fifteen to the forty, and then take the forty for forever. That was it, because I didn't have, we didn't have one, you know quick phones, GPS, right. multiple cores in the processors. No, I had a Palm Trio. Shout out to Palm. It was like a 755, and it did its best. But I was um, I was talking to a chick at the time who was back in Kentucky, so she had the iPhone. The right. iPhone was one of the only phones you could use technologically <laughs> with right. GPS and shit. So I would just have her like, hey, could you look up this? Where am I now? You know, just look up shit in the area. Because I had a 96 Ford Taurus I was driving across the country. Hey, those Tauruses, man. They're monsters. Like, your mom had that green Taurus for forever, man. Yeah, Jordan, my brother drove a Taurus, like, so many places. Back Mm -hmm. and forth to Florida, New Orleans, you know. I've had three Tauruses in my life. Yeah. Like, two 96s. I had a 96 and 98, and then I had a 2008. Taurus Limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just had hella Tauruses. Ford family. Um, I'm trying to think. 
Yeah, man. I remember I stopped in Little Little Rock or somewhere outside of Little Rock. This was it was super interesting, man. Uh, like they had these slots in the gas station, and then like people were in there on like a Friday night, just like chilling, like playing these slot machines in the gas station. Slot and, machines in the gas station. I just that just registered in my brain. Yeah, I was like, that's man, what they I, was doing. Yeah, I was like, I never see this. So I asked the guy. <laughs> Cause I was about to go to Memphis, I think. Uh-huh. From there, Memphis, and I asked the guy, "I'm like, man, what town is this?" I think it was out somewhere. What did he say? Either West Little Rock or East Little Rock, whichever one it was. But yeah, it was like caught me off guard. <laughs> hey, I'm happy that was the only shit that caught you off guard in Little Rock, Arkansas but, player. Yeah, but then there was like mass flies, man. I remember, I'll never forget this. There was like a just like this huge influx of, of flies everywhere. I'm talking like I went through a drive through somewhere and like just from rolling the window down, like three or four flies got in. So I was like, man, this this can't be normal. So I like looked it up and there was like an influx of flies, like this infestation this year. What? And people were selling their, their cattle were dying, all this different stuff. It was like a straight play. They were killing fly killing cows? Yeah, the flies were like infecting the cows. Oh no! What kind of scourge? <laughs> this sounds biblical. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah. bro, that's what we're going through right now, bro. All of the plagues, we got all of the plagues. We just, we can't yeah. even be friends and shit. We can't even make friends, be friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shoot, come yeah. up on some booty cheeks. None of that, boy. Like, all of that. Everyone's a potential enemy. Today, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you can ruin my life or not, but I'm, not, I'm, you know, I'm not taking no chances. So, right. boy, yeah. all kind of shit in Arkansas too. <laughs> all kind of stuff. There was some guy going around talking about, uh, see, this is what it's like being in Arkansas, and he was in Arkan, Arkansas, and I don't know what you call them, motherfuckers, but uh, he was a white dude and he was walking around with a sign or something talking about Black Lives Matter. And uh, oh, I saw this guy. Did you see this guy? He was in Georgia, though. Oh, was he in Georgia? I'm pretty sure it was Georgia, yeah. It, was, shit, it don't matter. Yeah, he was, uh, they were calling him Clayton Bigsby, like the real life Clayton Bigsby. Mm. He, and he, he was adopted by a white family and his, his uh, he went to an all. <laughs> I'm like, man. He sounded like an actor, but I was like, this is crazy. What was he trying to do? Like, what he? Because they wanted to take down the rebel flags, Uh the Confederate flags. And he was like, you know, it's going to be, they're going to have a hard time doing that if I'm around here. Said, I got adopted when I was three years old by white people. My grandfather's white. You know, I went to all white screw. screw." He said, screw. (laughs) How do you fuck that up, sir? I went to an all-white screw. Screw. Tell you what, they get, they're going to take that flag down. They're going to have a hard time if I have anything to do with it. So, man. Bro, what? I'm over here like. We don't believe you. You need more people. Whatever, nigga. Whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> Boy. Like, how do you get that bamboozled and twisted? We burn a lot of calories being black. It's a great way to stay in shape, Joseph. Right. 
It's a fantastic way to stay in shape. It's a crazy regimen. Yeah, man. Tell you what. But there was another guy. It must have been like another cat. So that must be the Georgia guy. But there was another cat. Someone was explaining to me. It was yeah. um, He was a white dude. And he lived in Arkansas. And he was just like, hey, so this is what it's like in Arkansas. With his country voice, obviously. And uh, just white people were going around. Nigger lover. And all them. Wow. Cool ass nicknames that they took all of the time to come up with, so and so and so and so, and you know all this shit. He's like, no one. There was no thought that occurred to me or anyone that I know that's like, I wonder what it's like in Arkansas as far as race religions. No, it was assumed that there was a bunch of hating ass niggas over there who can't yeah. stand niggas. Yeah, yeah. So that was not a shock to anybody. I'm sure he's got his little follower count up and whatnot. He went viral. Good for him. Wow. And. Yeah, uh, Arkansas, we saw Bill Clinton. So about it. Yeah, it's all you need to know. He invented the the fucking three strikes bullshit that accelerated mass incarceration in ways that hadn't been. um, It was unprecedented up until that point. Absolutely. Yeah. He supercharged that shit. And just like the term, what was it? Super predators. Yep. uh, him and his wife, I guess, but super predators. It's interesting how somebody can take there can be like this symbolism, I guess. Like the fact that he played saxophone, so many people accepted him in the black community. And it was just like, that's all he has to do is play the saxophone and you don't you know look at this other whole, you know, group of things that he's that he's done or doing and like it's just like come on you and I'll be on the same wave I I just mentioned this shit I was rapping with JC um, about that shit it's it's so easy to get goody two shoe blacks on board with whatever is semiotic or symbolic it doesn't have to be about actual policies or their track record and certain things with regard to how they've treated certain people or groups it's all about the metric and the optics of the moment and of the day. We're all about flavors. Very fickle in that regard. So mm-hmm. we'll quickly forget everything that you've ever done. No one does this research. Few people do. They won't right. do it. But what they do is they just look at your platform. Well, that platform was designed for you to to um, d- to digest. Right. I invented this platform. And I've uh, designed it in such a way that it's very palatable to you. For you to be able to understand me, this is the version of me that I want you niggas to buy. That's what they're saying. This is what this is yeah, all about. Yeah. So Obama's black. That's good enough. Yeah. Not they're not thinking about the Burns Grant program that he supercharged in a way that had never been done in the history of man, in the history of America. You know what I'm saying? He turned the police forces into paramilitary, essentially. He did that because he gave more funding to state and local police and law enforcement than had ever been given to them, ever. But that's okay. He talks very well. He's very eloquent. Every word is, you know, pristine sounding. It's clear and is well put. He, 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 that man can sure make a speech. He can sure make a speech, though. He can sure. When you have nothing but white, 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 like Cat Williams, white, 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 we will do whatever and we will buy whatever. We're the biggest consumers in the world of all kinds of bullshit, including this. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, look, at least he ain't them. This is where, like, this is where we're left with. Um, right. You said, you know, like the lesser of two evils or whatever. Yeah. It's like our standards are on our standards are on the fucking floor. But it's like, you know, it has to be. You know, I've heard people say, like, I wish that people loved black people as much as black culture. You know what I mean? So it's like, just because you listen to a certain type of music or like want to dress a certain type of way or or whatever, you know, like that doesn't mean you truly stand by and like will fight with, you know what I mean? Black people for, for these rights. Now, I do think with President Obama, it was like, especially like our parents' generation, for instance. It was a finally. Yeah, and on and on top of that, at least the it was symbolic in a sense, but at least like that equated to. There was worth in the symbolism, if that makes sense. You I see what, what you're mean? saying. So we just had to like, all right, man, we just need to suck it up for just eight years or four years, whatever's gonna be. And yeah, so, so what I'm yeah. saying is they wanted us to believe like, oh, you can only be a rapper or an athlete according to the images we show you on TV. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden Now I think we could be president too. Right, exactly. So then how do you how do you tell a little kid now? He can't a black kid somewhere like we grew up. We can't be whatever the hell we want to be. You're right. The, the leading person in the country in the world looks like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm so that I think that's what why so many people really hated him. Like you know because it kills that whole argument at that point. It's mm-hmm. like oh no, you can only be this. Oh wait a minute, oh I can be this too. According you know, <laughs> it's so it's like dang, I can't let you see that. You know, you're you're absolutely right about that. Like that was what was important was the symbolism of that that whole period in time, that whole era. You know, so now niggas can't say the niggas can't do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, we can literally do, and we've literally done whatever we set out to do, and right. we will and we will continue to do that. That precedent has been set. With that being said, they also got to put that symbolism to fucking bed. Yeah, take the next step now. Yeah, you know? next time investigate these niggas, like vet these niggas, like if. This person, I don't care if they're translucent. A lot of them, a lot of them are, but I don't care if they're purple. Do your due diligence, and 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 if they ain't a real motherfucker, they're not getting in there. Not, yes. Not to mention that nothing's going to get done in your personal life from whoever is the captain of the helm of that ship. Period. We've never gotten who we wanted. We'll never get who and what we need in that sense. You can't rely on this. You can't rely on that. Yeah, that's why I think that the local. Uh, government is is important and there was something I was going to, oh yeah, you being in, you know, in entertainment and in Hollywood, is there anything like that you've seen personally in terms of, you know, them controlling a certain narrative? So like for instance, with roles that they are wanting to cast you in or whatever. Like, have you ever came across anything or noticed, uh, you know, 
just being black and in Hollywood, have you have you noticed anything like okay, there's certain roles I've noticed they want us in or like don't want us in or fight or so on and so forth. Yeah, it's gross. It's uh, it's it's fucking annoying. So, and it depends on what kind of black person they think that you are. Like my brother Everton, uh, Everton shout out to Everton. He, um, you know, he used to get hella, like he had to work so many years of his life and in his career just to get out of jail. And what I mean by jail is the role of a nigga in prison or in jail, a gangbanger. He's one of the most eloquent, smart and intelligent and cultured people that I know. And so it would just break his spirit whenever his management or his agent would come to him with, yeah, we got this role, and it's like, yeah, it pays, but not all money is good money, player. I'm, you know, so he he's at a yeah. point in his career where he's like, look, man, I ain't budging unless it's a fucking doctor or a fucking just somebody that's a fully realized and fleshed out human being with complexity, not yeah. this, uh, not this, mon- not this uh, derivative of the monolith that you think the black people are doing black shit. Yeah. There's so many different Henry Louis Gates Jr. said that there's 39 million ways, now give or take a million, ways to be black. Yeah. Everton is a way to be black, and he ain't nothing like me, but we're close friends. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, everyone in my group, like, all of my brothers, you know, and sisters in my crew, yeah, they all come from their own walks of life, and them being people of color, they're not even like each other. We're on the same wave. We're on the same wavelength, but they are they as individuals are uniquely themselves. Right. They're right. unique. My people are unique. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and so uh, for me, one of the most beautiful things that my agent Courtney, shout out to Courtney over at Aqua, um, that she said when we first when I first signed when um as her client on her list, it was um we sat down up in the office on sunset and she was like This isn't just, um, this is a different kind of pursuit. She said, you're not going for black roles. You're going for all of this shit. Like, we're going for all of the roles. Now, this is a white lady. Um, She was like, there is no, all right, so I'm going to submit you to the black roles and then see, uh, no, we're disrupting. Yeah. Because you're capable of doing it all. And so I'm going to try to get you into as many rooms as humanly possible. They're making a space for you. And I noticed that with my auditions, it's, um, it's sort of like that. Like, I'm going out for cats. <laughs> uh, you know, like those roles that, that I'm going out for, like they're powerful. Mm, you know, nice. I love villain roles, too. Those are equally powerful. You know what I'm saying? Because those are people. Yeah. But I don't go into that thinking that I'm a villain. That's not how villains think. Right, right. They think that they're righteous and justified in their pursuits and what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I approach it just like a person would. Um, but as far as some of the bullshit, the skullduggery that you're talking about, bro, there will be some shit. Um, you know, like they try to create stereotypes and then when they cast and the description of the character, it'll be some shit like, uh, <laughs> it'll be like a so-and-so type, a so-and-so and a so-and-so type. And it's like, man, they haven't, if they understood me, then they would understand that I would be a type in and of myself. Yeah. Um, but it would be stereotypical shit. Like, it really right. would. And you're like, oh, this is what they believe black people to be like. I get Dang. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there would be... Um, I'm trying to think of another example where they would... Um, oh, 
this safe black, this safe blackness, this safe black, this okay black, this black that's okay to America, this black that's good enough, this uh, this watered down, diluted, boring, not interesting black, this monolithic black, this yeah. uh, this goody two shoe, well to do black, um, mm. and there's a show that I won't mention, but it's. Uh, you know, it's a Netflix show. Everyone else fill in the blank. You may have similar opinions as to the show. That kind of black. You know what I'm saying? That uh, that. And you you grew up in the church. Yeah. That goody two shoe. Like, there's a certain black that those blacks don't talk about and refer to, and they try to issue and shun, because that isn't the ideal black that could represent the paragon of blackness, mm-hmm. which is a problem in the black community. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if they were really doing their work from those churches and that was a source of power, then they would be empowering their people at the highest and the low. But they don't really try to, you know, know, focus on the low. They focus on the ability to transform yourself into an ideal black. And that's a lot about what Michelle Michelle, uh, Alexander, Michelle Michelle Alexander was talking about in uh, The New Jim Crow. And those are the blacks, though, that are seen as the ambassadors to blackness. So that's who white America talks to first about all black issues when they are detached. They right. aren't connected. They don't have their ear on the ground. They don't understand what is really like. They have their black struggles for sure. But, you know, you need to listen to Pookie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. He's, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to listen to, like, to the dude who's in that soup kitchen. Like, you need to listen to that guy. You need to listen to that lady, you know, mm-hmm. who's out, who was actually out there in the streets. Like, she has her ear to the ground. She has her finger on the pulse. But a lot of you goody two-shoe blacks, like, they have this don't-look-back mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they try to act like, no, this is the image of blackness that we're trying to preserve. Like, Rosa Parks wasn't the first to refuse to get the fuck up on that bus. Right. But what's detrimental to a movement? They were thinking about optics as well back then when it came to the Montgomery boy, uh, the bus boycott. Right. You know what I'm saying? So circling back to a lot of these characters that I'm reading for as a black man, I know are written by white people. You can just tell. Right. It's a, it's a whole energy thing. It's a whole spirit thing. I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't talk like that, and I don't know anyone who would. You can tell that this was originally a white role, but hmm, this is an all-white cast. Hmm, we need diversity. And so in that, um, Jacob or, um, you know, Matt became Jamar, but they didn't change the dialogue they didn't change the wording. They just began to open this casting uh, window, this uh, casting breakdown up for blacks, people of color. And right. so now you have me trying to fit into this paradigm already, this, um, this idyllic creation of a character that's white in nature mm. and dialogue and everything. You know, but I'm at the point in my career where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely... Uh, Trevante is going to come across. You ask for Trevante to audition yeah. for this? Well, that's who you're going to get. Right, right. And then you could take that or leave it. But if I'm going to get this role, I'm going to get it because, one, I, 
I, I, um, I got the job done, but I got the job done as Travanti. Mm. Period. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. You know? I'm not sure if it's the same in uh, your realm in music. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like. You might have more control, though, huh? Because it's driven through your identity versus here's a character breakdown. This is what you got to be. Right. Here were the words. Yeah. You know, you see, like. You know. It's kind of a complex just because there's so much history that goes into it. But, yeah, you'll see, like, certain venues or whatever that even though they love black culture, it's it's like they're more likely to have performers who look a certain way that are white. You know what I mean? Uh, or that are white, but like wear baggy clothes and and like actually grew up in a nice suburban neighborhood in LA, but for some somehow they have like this slang, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like for whatever reason, it's like they're the easiest to. It's weird. It's like they can digest them. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the top artists, which I'm, I won't name either, but like they'll have these older black writers, you know what I mean? Or even people have had like swag coaches and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's really crazy, man. Uh, you made an interesting point about the, um, so the world is the white's buffet. Mm-hmm. This is their golden corral. This is their all you can eat. Um, when you have a group that I feel feels as though they don't really have a culture of their own, uh-huh. that's why they celebrate everything here but things here. Um, you know, Oktoberfest, you know, so they celebrate the German share or they celebrate this or they celebrate that. Or they come up with just so many different causes and reasons for celebrations it sort of demonstrates a lack and yeah. a straight up lineage of cultural events that they're proud of. And so they find their favorite. I mean, think about the cuisine here. Think about the offerings in America. There's a reason why they, you know, that they, they love Thai food. They love Chinese food. They love this kind of food. They love Jamaican food. Um, but they don't, they have figured out a way over time and maybe quickly, it's early on actually, Early on in our history with one another, they found a way to separate us from our cultural offerings. So they'll love the culture and they can hate the people. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's so true, man. And find ways to also capitalize off of it and make, Mm. you know, and it's just like. Infiltrate it. You know. Exploit uh, that. Mm -hmm. uh, Buddy is from. Compton, I believe. Buddy's that dude. Hey, that's my boy right there. His last song is Everybody Wants to Be Black. Nobody Wants to Be a Nigga. Yeah. And the cover is him. The cover is like him standing. You've seen the image of Malcolm X with the uh, 
with the uh, AK-47 looking out the window. Looking out the window. It's one of the flyest yeah. images I've ever seen. Yeah, so that's Buddy's uh, artwork. It's like him doing that. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's interesting because people will celebrate the culture, but still, you know, some of the, some of the companies actually recently have made some changes. Like, who was it? Maybe Republic Records. They took urban, uh, the term urban music, like out of their departments. Mm -hmm. That was just a way to basically segregate people. Mm -hmm. That was another way of saying black music. You know what I mean? And with that, there were pay discrepancies and all these other issues. And so, <clears throat> so it's definitely like across the board, you know what I mean? And then every so often there's people that come across, come through and just shift everything and just do it a different way. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I don't know if you saw the Master P uh, documentary. Have you seen it? I need to see because that man, you know, Percy Miller, I grew up, grew it's, up with Percy Miller, dude. That's my yeah, it's super dope. He's dope, he, man. Uh, he like Jimmy Iovine from Interscope at the time. He mm -hmm. was over Interscope, then Apple Music, uh, some other places. He's best. His he's best friends with a guy from a label I recently met with. He offered him a million dollar check, Master P, before he before he did anything. He was like a Brian Maney, like <laughs> who was a Brian Maney? Master, Master P at first was like a, he was like a Brian. If a Brian Maney tried to rap, but I'm like, oh no! How do they like? They like remind me of each other. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Shout yeah. out to Brian Maney, <laughs> Brian Mania. Yeah, the context was like they're both so bold to just try anything, and mm -hmm. they're gonna deal with the utmost confidence, even if it's trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so his artwork was like wacky looking at first. Like they said his, his stuff just sounded like demos. You know, he was right. He went and got a big uh, charm. It was like a um, a MasterCard logo. Oh, but no. It said Master P in it. It was like this big. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. like goofy stuff like that. But he believed so much in what he was doing, man, that it, at some point it was going to happen. To the point of where Jimmy IV wrote him a million dollar check, offered him a million dollars uh, to sign with him. And uh, he said he looked at the contract. It was like seven year deal. He couldn't use his name, all these different things. And he was like, I'm going to go to lunch, come back. And Jimmy IV was like, well, if you don't come back, you'll never get a deal like this. And him and his boy were like, man, if he offered me one million, I know I'm I'm at least worth a hundred. And so they just kept believing in what they were doing, man. And like, next thing you know, he made uh about it, about it. Uh, about it. Uh, yeah. He about it, about it. And then uh, from there they did some other songs. They did Ice Cream Man. About it, about it. Yeah, TRU. Yo, TRU. We used to play so much TRU. Yeah, and then from there, it just 
started blowing up once they did the uh, No Limit So, you know, Limit So. I, I thought I told you. <laughs> yeah. So they did that. And then uh, he ended up just doing a, uh, a crazy historic deal. It was a distribution deal. Everybody was trying to get signed. And, you know, he was like, no, like I got my label. He had his business. He paid supposedly like $20,000, $25,000 to talk with Michael Jackson's lawyer at the time. And uh, he just, you know, put him on game. Next thing you know, he was like, all right, this is what I need to do. Got a distribution deal with um, Priority Records, mm-hmm. which is up the street, CNN building. And uh, they got like an 80-20 deal, which is like unheard of in the mm. artist's favor. So for every record he sold, he got 80% of, and they they got 20% for putting it in all the record stores. So you sell a $10 album, he's Master P's getting eight, mm. $8 on every album. So then he's like, all right, just let me keep cranking out. And you remember how they put an album out every couple of weeks? They had Kane and Abel. Uh, Mr. Servon. Duggery, uh, you had Fiend. Fiend, uh, you had Mr. Magic, Shocker, Silk yeah, Shocker. You had C Murder for a limited time only. Yeah. Uh, you, you Mama had Mia, uh, Mystical. Oh man, Mystical Mia X. Yeah. Mia X. I'm sorry, bro. She's one of the dopest female rappers of all yeah. time to this day. Yeah, she was. She was tight. She's cold. She, she she recruited a lot of them. Dopest she rappers. Re- period. Yeah, she recruited uh, Mac. Remember Mac? Yeah, I remember Mac because he had that album called Shell Shocked. Yeah. She recruited him and uh, who was the guy you just said before that? Uh, Fiend. Fiend. Yeah. And Fiend ended up, I mean, Fiend's still going. Yeah, he's, and then so she was kind of like the A&R too. Mm. And, like they just started. And then they had Snoop Dogg, remember? Yeah. They, so, like, they even got Snoop on board, man, because he came out with that album No Limit Top Dog. Yeah, and the games to be told and not to be sold. Yeah. Uh, so like, they were making so much money. It was it was crazy. Cause you know everyone listened to every one of their artists. Yeah, and so he was like, "All right," and he treated them good too. So that was the difference between him and a lot of like people who had labels. Because Snoop was like, "Man, I sold millions of records at Death Row, and I didn't make." I never saw a million dollars. He was like, within no time, he was like, I made millions at No Limit. And they were like, if you sign with No Limit, you're going to have a house in your name. They're going to give you, you know, certain other things, a car, a Rolex, and it's all in your name. Assets, ownership. Right. He was like, he wanted to empower people to pass things to their generation and to grow, you know, not just collect off everybody you know the but currency was, yeah you should check it out man it was just like that ownership you know of course everything you know at some point it's gonna fizzle out but he was thinking 10 years down the line because he had like so much other stuff <laughs> like shoes movies movies yeah he had uh, unique customized um album art and jewel yeah. cases in different colors yeah, remember that ramen noodles <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you had he, he had them hood 
them hood classics, them hood movies. Then you had yeah. um, what else? New Orleans, right? So he was basically the godfather of this new paradigm of music ownership when Currency basically gets a shout out in every last one of my podcast episodes. Shout out yeah. to Currency again and Spit Andretti and all of Jet Life because Currency clearly, because remember Currency used to be with No Limit way, way back, way back. But he yeah. was just like their little brother because he was a kid basically. So that's where he cut his teeth. That's where he learned how to hustle because he was like best friends with Soldier Slim. Remember Soldier Slim? Yeah. Rest in power. Yeah, and that's what he was saying. Like, he had a bunch of little brothers, so he mentored yeah. them, and that's why currency now he doesn't worry about Warner because he's not even with Warner anymore as a major. He's yeah. like, I have nineteen different businesses and restaurants and enterprises. I don't need rap money. I just also get rap money. Right, exactly, and that's what. And the crazy thing that was one point that Fiend made. He was like, "We were good at music." We understood the music, but Master P showed us how to be good, how to be good businessmen, mm-hmm. you know. And so, man, this man stopped, took some time, and was like, "I'm gonna go fulfill my dream, playing the NBA." It legit was like balling with Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, duh. all these people on his team, and he was he was the last person. They had some kind of contract issue. Uh-huh. Last guy that got cut on the team, but the Toronto like wanted to sign him. Tell me why I read two articles yesterday about that very thing about Master P taking a break from not taking a break from music, but just going. I'm also live my dream over here and play in the NBA. He played yeah. in an exhibition game, and then he, like you just said, the Charlotte yes. Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets. All right, the Hornets, and then which became New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. I wonder if he owns some stake in that. Um, well, they're not even the Hornets anymore. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors wanted to sign this man. It's crazy. Uh, the highest level of professional sports. Uh, I mean, we're not talking like – because he went to University of Houston and tore his ACL. Okay. And that's, when they were, that's when they were dope. Like, this was right after um, – what were they called? Five Slamma Jamma. So they had, like, Clyde Drexler and um, – Akeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. they had went to the, I think they won the championship or they were either in the championship or won it. So he went to University of Houston towards ACL. This is like before he got into the music, but it was just like, man, whatever he like set to do, he ended up doing it, you know, and everything. Asking, like, how are you going to, you know, that's the thing. It made me think about like when people, you know, like you have different interests and I have different interests and people just can't grasp the fact that somebody could do multiple things. Like you just have to do one thing, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, wait, like law and like music, like, you know, and like this lady was interviewing him and she was like, how do you feel? Like, how are you going to balance blah, blah, blah. Bitch, I'm like, going to. That's yeah. how I got a lot of great people that work for me. And I was like, yeah. I need to steal that line. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, bottom line, I am going to do yeah. what I want to do and what I set out to do. How I balance it, that's for me to know and understand. Right. For you to just find yeah. out. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, How are you going to balance this? I'd be this one dimensional type of person all the time, which 
there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine to like master something and be good at it, but you can master multiple, multiple things. And that's why he came up with that name. It's like, whatever I do, I want to master it. So I'm going to call myself Master P. And by virtue of her, that's deep, by the way. The more you know. <laughs> so, uh, like the piggybacking off of that, she missed the entire purpose and point. Yeah. Because by virtue of her interviewing him, he used to be a private citizen, just a regular, regular dude. Yeah. But he was cut from another cloth. And right. he moved differently than everybody else. And therefore, he is in that seat getting interviewed by her. In that, with that alone, she should have had no doubt that he was going to get close or do exactly what he said he wanted to do because he has yet to fail in that way. Of course, he's failed, he's failed a lot. We all do right. on our road and on our path to um, you know, success, whatever we have defined that as for, for ourselves, right? But it's like, bitch, I'm here right now. That's yeah, how I'm that's how I'm gonna balance this whole thing. You're interviewing me because of because I've been able to balance things. Yeah, because I'm able to balance, because my balance is good. Because I'm good at balancing. That's why I'm here right now. Right. And it's like the fact that that, that made me think of something else. The fact that she can't fathom that and is questioning like how somebody could possibly be able to do that probably has to do with why. She couldn't do multiple things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just another reason why I'm me and you are you. Yeah, it's like that's so out of her imagination to be able to fathom somebody that can do more than whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... It's like you don't have much of an imagination and then I have this ability that I was born with to capture the world's imagination. Yeah. And that differentiates me from you and me from them and this is why I'm here and this is why I'm telling you right now again for the second time hopefully it sticks <laughs> that I'm going to try my hand in the NBA and they're going to allow me to do so of which they did yeah yeah and like the you know and with that you know that's a success it doesn't matter how long he played he did what the fuck he said he's going to do time and time again so it makes it so simple and such an easy sell or pitch for whatever kind of other ventures Master P could ever want to get into. Bro, he, yeah, and the sports agency, and it just opened up the door for all these other, you know what I mean? Like Sports, yeah. He yeah, bridged hip-hop and sports. Yeah, would he have done that if it wasn't for Master P mm-hmm. doing that? You know what I mean? Uh, this man, when he signed Ricky, uh, what was the running back's name? Uh Ricky Williams? Yeah. If if that's who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay. Ricky Williams, I want agent messing stuff up later, but anyway, uh, that's a whole nother scenario. But, uh, man, this man went and did WCW wrestling. They get, they paid him two or three million dollars <laughs> to do like a couple matches. WCW. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so Why not? It's, like, it's there yeah, to be done. But the cool thing, the best thing, he went back at the end and like during Katrina when everything happened, uh, he just rebuilt the whole, uh, like ninth ward and yeah, the Calio projects. Mm. 
And like, it just looks like a serene, like, you know what I mean? So he built that back up. Of course, he's donating money. He was doing kit food kitchens, all this different stuff, man. So, yeah. He, he probably has a, a team now that just has a, just a list of executables, executables, yeah. and then they just execute his mission, his vision, and then yeah. he just oversees and just checks up on it because he's doing other things with his physical self. It's like, all right, I'm over here. You guys take care of that. And then we'll have a meeting, yeah. like an e-board meeting, whatever. He has his son helping him a lot, too. No, oh, good. Romeo. Okay. The whole thing. Like, when all his artists, you know, see murder went to prison. Uh, Kevin Miller, you know what I'm saying? Other guy. Got killed. Uh, who was else? Who was the artist you mentioned before? Soldier Slim, man. Slim, Rest yeah. in power to Soldier, yeah. Currency uh, talks about him all the time. Mia X had kids. She retired. Mm-hmm. It was like the whole thing, like mystical, was getting in trouble. I bet he made sure that she was uh, straight. Yeah, and then he, he even made yeah. it to where mystical had a hell of a solo career too. Before he got yeah, into some hot yeah. water, but he also like didn't try to. He was like not one of these people that tried to like keep you locked into some type of. He was like, man, we're all grown. Like if somebody wants to step and do their own thing then like more power to them you know and uh, you know it's like wu-tang man that's it's a weird why wouldn't you run your business like that like why would you make people work under this oppressive regime and exactly. that's going to stifle and limit their creativity therefore the quality of the music because they're in this jail they're a bird in a cage they can't fly whereas if you are like the wu-tang clan you got 19 niggas in your crew if one wants to drop, okay, I got 18 niggas on my team. Right. I'm not missing out on a whole lot of money, per se. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. And, uh... Because we're the collective. That's yeah, what makes it, us... It's tight, man. I mean, they just... When you think about it, like, the overhead wasn't crazy. No? Nah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they had their own stuff. They Probably had, bought the studio, had his own studio, yeah, so he doesn't have that overhead either. Orders there, and then the, Artwork was not like it was super expensive, but they Bro, had that's some hood shit, right? <laughs> they, had, they, had their, they had a very identifiable brand. Yeah, and you see a you could see a cover today and be like, oh, it was know, green or orange. Yeah, you know when it's a no limit cover. Hell yeah, yeah. writing with, with the, the ridges on the left side. Yeah, think about that. We're talking about the design of the CD case because it was like, unique. Who yeah, who remembers that? That was it was my first album I ever bought, bro. Ghetto yeah. D. Ghetto dope? Yeah. It was an orange case. Yeah, I Master remember that. Master P was like, what the thing about. <laughs> yeah. So gangsta fan. <laughs> All my homies passed away. Oh, how could it be? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Somebody you know, took my boy from me. You know what's crazy, man? When I was like, dang. When they were talking about like these different albums going platinum and double platinum. And I'm like... This reached Twin Hapu. Like, man. Yeah. A whole, a whole bus full of country white kids were singing Master P. Like, that's crazy. They grew up on Master P. Yeah, straight up. You know, and this is before he was even like mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is like his early stuff. Because remember, we couldn't just get music. 
very easily. Right. Like we had to hear that shit on the radio or we had yeah. to know about it through our channels to find yeah, the album at the store. About it somehow go to the somehow get it from a store or mm-hmm. something. Cause this was I can't remember if like Napster or Limewire were like I don't feel like they were that big yet. They weren't that big, bro. Like we didn't mess with the file sharing until we were like late yeah. in high school, you feel me? Yeah. And like so, college. So yeah. So that is think about how many other towns that must have been like a thing in, you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. not even talking about Louisiana or Right, right down there, right yeah, where like, it is. Yeah, we're all the way up near Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, a bus full of kids in the suburbs or in, and in the country singing every word to a, to a mask. Our 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 uh, pregame song uh, in basketball was a Mac song, so we would be like, we do the thing. The band was playing. We'd circle up, yeah, and we'd be like, and I'd be like, murder, murder, kill, 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 shit's real. On the battlefield, you'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we probably got the football thing from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in glory. Yeah, so we used to do that before every game, man. I'm like, that is just crazy, dude. Pre, like pre-internet, like pre-Spotify, mm-hmm. and that type of like marketing and reach. We used to be able to. Right, because now I can immediately, if I send something that's fire that I just listened to, or as I'm listening to it, actually, share Joseph. Boom. Boom. And then it starts blaring right through your speakers immediately because Bluetooth. And the crazy thing, that stuff wasn't, it's not like that was on the radio either. No, it wasn't. I'm like trying to think how 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 did it reach? That's crazy. Because we get in our cars and we go to um, Uncle Tookie's house for the summer and... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He lives in a different place. Like, we were yeah. just, there was a whole different kind of musical had, passion. Yeah, I had Chris, my older brothers. Like, my big brother was always putting me on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, all day. So they were in like high school and college. And he had this giant, uh, gigantic CD thing. I would just flip yeah. through the CDs and I would listen yeah, all day. Because I remember the first time I heard a the TRU song. My parents were out of town, and Chris and Ben had the speakers blaring. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> we used to cruise in the uh, Mama's Oldsmobile 98. It was like an 88, but it was called the 98. And uh, with the red rag top, with yeah. the spokes, with a little tin, uh, the little Dayton spokes on it. And it was a... Uh, with the crust of velvet interior. You know them Chevy interiors, them GMC yeah. interiors, with that nice, sweet smell. Uh-huh. Crust velvet. It's like a lazy boy couch in there. Most beautiful car interiors of all time. Those '90s yeah. cars, boy. And um, that reach is insane. Cause so, as far as ritual, it would be me, Aaron, Allen, and Daniel. You, you, <laughs> what about Adrian? You left the Adrian. That's Adrian. Daniel. Uh, okay, Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Adrian. All right, so we would all be on the bus. Adrian was the leader of this charge, by the way. Yeah, I could, I could see that. He's the leader of us Crash Bandicoots. So every morning we would be listening, blasting on the bus. Miss Gosney, Nancy Gosney, she's the driver of bus. I want to say 217 was the number. And uh, I, I have a weird memory, I know. But um, like every morning we'll be on 217, blasting uh, 
Coolio. Ooh, we would be blasting yeah. Gangsta's Paradise. Everyone on the bus, all these country white kids, had this shit memorized because we, the brothers on the front of the bus, me, Aaron, Allen, and Adrian, Adrian had the boombox. So he'd be by the window. He wouldn't sit down. He'd be holding it up like this. And then as he walked, you take a look at my life. And every day, there was no issue with Ms. Gosney. She was like, as long as these kids are focused on one damn thing, I ain't got much work to do but drive. Right. And we're just listening to our rap. That's funny, man. Yeah. yeah, we had a combination of that and then B105. <laughs> uh, so that's the reason, like, there will be some country on somewhere, like Garth Brooks or Tim McGraw, whoever. And I'll, I'm like, man, how do I know this? And people are looking at me like, how does he know this? But it was those bus rides, man. Bus 89, actually. Bus Guy Ponzer. <laughs> remember Guy Ponzer? I, I remember Guy Ponzer. Yeah. 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 Kind of cool dude, short. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. Mm-hmm. So he was like a, I think he's in the Hall of Fame, actually. He was like a tailback. He was a monstrosity back in his day. Yeah. Locally. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Just now looking at it from a different perspective. And it's like trying to, under, you know what I mean, understanding like marketing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang, they did like a, that was just a straight empire. Right. Just unstoppable because it's like, if something like that happened now, my gosh, the reach, man, yeah. it would be yeah. like Jupiter would be hearing that shit. Right. You to know go what I'm from, saying? To go from the projects in, 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 in New Orleans to he moved to California. Give me one what? second, brother. I'll be right back. Okay, I hydrated pretty well. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, actually. So, uh, you're talking about the influence, though. Yeah, just being able to, like, to, like, reach that. You know, like I said, he went to um, California, went to Sacramento, and then made a bunch of just smart business moves, man. But yeah, to be able to reach kids like that is just like crazy. And it was his own, like No Limit was its own musical universe entirely. Like you didn't have to really, if you didn't want to, go anywhere else. If you wanted a different kind of rapping style, you could just, all right, cool, I'm listening to Mr. Servo for a little bit. Cool, if I, if I wanted more of an, um, like an, just a more sing-songy, like, nigga singing hooks a little bit more. You're going to listen to, like, Cain and Abel. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you got you got the Godfathers of Funk. Remember when they came about? Yeah, I when, didn't. I, I don't remember that. You remember uh, the Godfathers of Funk were introduced when you know he came out with that song "I Miss My Homies." So they were singing that. Oh, okay, that was uh, nice. They were singing "I Got the Hook Up Holla If You Hear Me." I wanna okay. know. Yeah, when he yeah. came out with the movie. Okay. With yeah. uh, I got the hook up, and then like that silly dude AJ. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it's interesting. Like that made me think of the whole a lot of the West Coast style. Like originated in Cincinnati. Mm, a lot of it came. Yeah, so like Bootsy Collins was like oh. one of the main. Yeah, main influences, man. And like they took that whole P Funk vibe, you know what I mean? And like incorporated. That's why Snoop and Pac and them, that's why they would always shout those guys out. You know what I mean? Uh, mm, the game shouts out Cincinnati to this very day. Yeah, the old school, like funk guys. Cause you gotta think, like, Snoop is like a generation kind of above us in a sense. Oh, he's definitely, yeah, he's a Yes, That's so he's next generation. So you know he was listening to Bootsy and like James Brown. Actually, James Brown was signed to a Cincinnati label. A Cincinnati, uh, there was a, there was a label a, there called King Records. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. yeah. which is in um, what is that part of town where like Clifton is? Uh, uh the Gaslight District. Yeah, well, which I is forget. Clifton? That's yeah, pretty yeah. much what they call it, though. Clifton. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if it gets more specific than that. Not Avondale. Um, uh, Avondale? No, not Avondale. Uh, hmm. But anyway. Hi. Um, Cincinnati. What's his name? Because they had. You also had the Ohio players. Ohio players, yeah. <laughs> and you also, you also had Roger Troutman, Zapp and Roger. Yeah, Zapp and Roger. Roger and Zap. Roger and Zap. <laughs> <laughs> we said that's it. Doug Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, In fact, Dad was always listening to a bunch of just people from here. The Isley Brothers, man. Brothers. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Like, man. So that was interesting. Why, yeah, I just don't know why it was Cincinnati of all places, but like. I think it had one of the largest, uh, most famous recording studios, though, in Cincinnati. And plus, you had that station, WKRP. Well, that was the show, WKRP Cincinnati. But a lot of major acts used to come through Cincinnati. Like, that's a part of the reason, I'm sure, why uh, CVG Airport was one of the major main hubs in the world. Because a lot of business was conducted through Cincinnati. Got to be a large part of the reason why. Downtown Cincinnati to this very day has one of the best riverfronts I've ever seen and been to. Like just one of the best skylines, you name it. There, yeah. you know, because it was probably based on that premise. Like they're more like an entertainment was, yeah, like yeah. an entertainment hub way back when. Before now, we get institutional amnesia. We don't remember these things. Plus, coming from our generation, we have no way of knowing unless our parents tell us. Right. If you look up, man, like sometimes check out King Records, because when uh, when Ice Cube, I think it was, 
when they came to um, Cincinnati for one of these music festivals recently, mm-hmm. uh, Bunbury, I think is what it's called. He was like telling them, man, whatever you do, don't let them tear down King Records. Like there's so much history tied to that. Mm-hmm. I really do think that that's the case. And plus you had Motown in Detroit. You don't think that there was a pipeline? Detroit's literally right there. It's right there. It's like four four hours if you're hustling, five. Yeah. If that, you can shoot right up there. Detroit in a few hours. Chicago right there. Yeah. I think King Records is way, I, I think that that's major. Yeah. So that was a fantastic point. Like, I didn't even, I didn't put that together because I listened to a lot of, uh, you know, like your Dom Kennedy Primo Rice, Larry June, uh-huh. Jay Worthy, J305, all of that. Like, you have OPM um, groups like that. It's a lot of P-Funk, a lot of G-Funk vibes coming from them. It's got to be. I wonder if they even know. They probably don't. It's just what they know. Right. But they don't know that that shit comes from Cincinnati. Uh-huh. The game might, because he seems to me to be more of like a hip-hop head, like a Hip hop yeah. historian, not like not just a rapper, but obsessed with hip hop, right? And, and his then history. Soup would have to know too, because yeah, he's he, too closely he called, tied. He's like the new Bootsy. Yeah, he calls him Uncle Uncle, Uncle Snoop. Yeah, Uncle Wisely. I, shit, I think he's done songs with him. Damn. Oh yeah, yeah, he does have songs. Ronald Isley and Bootsy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he became larger than life in that sense, and he's known for that. And Bootsy was a part of the Parliament Funkadelic, you know what I'm saying? He used to mess with uh, George Clinton and all those guys, too. James Brown. Yep, James Brown. That's interesting that that sound really came from the Midwest, Cincinnati in uh, particular. I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati, man. I just saw the news, I think it was last night. 18 people got shot in, like, different incidents. What? Yeah. Just a bunch of retaliations? I don't know exactly. At least four or five people died. I know that. But I know it was either 16 or 18 people got shot just last night alone. Man, my goodness, man. Most I watch over them. I just, I figured it's harder to get shot if your ass is indoors where you're supposed to be. <laughs> if, like, if you're just inside of the house. And you're just doing your quarantine stuff. If you're just playing The Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you, you know, you're watching UFC 252, Stipe versus DC, Cormier, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're playing right. categories with your girl. And <laughs> you're 100% right. You know, like if you if you just keeping it simple and streamlined, if you streamline your life like they recommended you do and are subsidizing some niggas financially to do, don't make unnecessary moves. Just no unnecessary maneuvers. Just nothing that's not essential. Mm-hmm. It's just harder to get shot that way. I think you can more easily dodge Bob the Bullet. Yeah. Bullet Bill. You know, that big-ass Mario Bullet with the teeth you was talking about earlier. <laughs> it's just wild, man, because it's just, I think of how relatively simple it is to not get shot, to not be one of the, you know, 18 people killed in, like, a day. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But shit happens. But I don't know if it happens 18 people at a time. 
unless it's this shit that's caused the the lockdown. But I heard I ain't heard anything about it. I've, I guess I'll ask Pops and see see if he knows what the hell is up. But and I know he's under strict quarantine protocol. He ain't playing no games. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> Shoot, my brother Mark, me, Mark, and Chuck were talking about this when we were playing 2K online. <laughs> we were like, man, this, we're just built for this, though. Like, we're literally built for, like, quarantines. Yeah. You you just harvest and, like, you got what you need. You have your whole battle station here at the crib anyways. And you literally, you're going to make bag plays. You get in the bag and then you return them with your bags that's it. You just go out there and you get your bags and then you get your food and then you go back to your your damn uh your kingdom. Yeah, it's interesting. Like focus. So many I think so many people are used to not being focused and, and needing to be distracted that it's like you you know what I mean? People have almost trained themselves to find distractions. And it's like when those are taken away, what are you going to do? That's so advanced, man. Joseph, what you just mentioned? Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Man. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Um, you're right, man. People have been able to smother, stifle, and silence their inner voice every moment of their lives because Life has noise, it has a frequency, it's loud, and it can cancel out your inner frequency to where you can't even hear it, and therefore you are not in tune with yourself. And you might not, you might be at odds with yourself, and therefore your, your, your life, its results, your endeavors are as such, they're in this, you know, the state of disarray that they might be in. Um, You might be in a, you know, a, a confused state or in disarray because you don't have your GPS coordinates mapped. You might not be or feel like a person of, of a mission or a purpose and you feel lost because man, if you just, or there's a lot of answers that you're searching for, but you're going externally out into the world and into your environment to seek those answers. When the answers, which they're waiting for you to just look inward. Yeah, and you know, the, the crazy thing, like you said, you might be, uh, I don't know the exact word you said, but basically you might be an, in turmoil with yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, think about all of the different things, right? So there's, okay, we can go to the baseball game, which there's nothing wrong with these things per se. Oh, but yeah, I love baseball games. We can go to the bar. We can go to uh, all these different things, the movies, X, Y, Z. And it's like, all right, well, let's take these away for a second. Now, like, can you sit with yourself? That was just me. Right. And now it's just you. It's like if you depend on these things to fulfill you and to fill you up and those are taken away, this is going to expose that right now. You know what I'm saying? And for me, like, for me personally, it's like, like, I believe that like joy, like, to me, that comes from God, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
it doesn't matter where I am and what type of scenario I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Like I can have that fulfillment and, and have that peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't need to be in a certain type of, I don't need to be in a certain city. Like I don't need to be in a certain environment. I don't need to have a certain amount of people around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. these things can be additions to the fulfillment and the joy that you already have, but they don't complete it. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so that's why like, I can be in a jungle in Nicaragua. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out and to still, jungles in Nicaragua. Yeah, and still have that same, uh, that same peace. And that's what people are like searching for. And it's a never ending cycle if you don't have that. You know what I mean? And people are looking for happiness. They're looking for happiness and they're looking for people to do it for them. They're looking for spouses to do it for them. Not only people, it's it's people. And things. Things, jobs, careers. Careers. uh, Substances, alcohol, whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like. Empty moment um, after empty moment. Yeah, it's a cycle, man. And it's like, and we're, and like, I'm not to say that I've never been, had to stop myself and be like, why am I doing this? How do you think we came to this conclusion? We've had experiences. We realized like, man, right. I was searching the whole time for something I, I was always responsible for. And the answers were always in me. Yeah. And it's not to say that I never was like, you said, like, like I said, like never did these things Mm -hmm. because it's like, obviously we have, and we're not perfect, but like, it's just like, dang, I want people to see that. You know what I mean? That, And this is a, a, a really good time to be able to come to these conclusions because you have this time to be with yourself. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, man, that, that's just been like something that I've been thinking about lately. And, and back to happiness. People keep talking about like happiness, happy, you know, just trying to find happiness. I just, you know, first off, trying the, to find. Yeah, like, right. Is it? Yeah, the the term happiness, anyway. So it comes from the Greek word, the same word that uh, that basically means happenstance or chance. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It all depends on circumstance. Joy is a different term. Joy is what I believe comes from God and you have it within you. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. It's not about, you could be suffering. Mm -hmm. You could be somebody just tried to stab you on a bus stop in LA. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you still, and you can still have that joy and that peace. They couldn't take the J out of that joy. Exactly. Cause your mind is like, Oh dang. Well, if that's the worst that could happen, that must be the worst that could happen. That's my first couple of days here. So I'm so glad that that went down, bro. Like, so like in hindsight, down. I'm like, well, a day can't get much worse than that, bro. Like yeah. getting stabbed three times. It can't get worse right. than that. So everything else is everything. Right. And then you still had your life. So it's like, mm-hmm. boom, let's go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, so yeah, man, this has been interesting. Like with the quarantine, people just, you know, and it's like, come on, you know, like I just don't imagine us being like 
I don't imagine us being super eager, like with our face planted on the on the windshield to try to get into a bar, like, ah, let me in here, you know? <laughs> it's just like, this joint. This- it's crazy, like you work at a security <laughs> at, at taverns before, and you're not, I don't even see you as somebody that's pressed or like super angry because you can't get in there and have a drink. Bro, you know what I'm saying? I spent so much of my life working at them things. I let all of that shit go. I don't yeah. do any of that anymore. And it's it's good like refining time, I feel like right now, to really like look at ourselves and be like, yo, if we are you know, like that gold goes through fire, right? And 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 it's like a, a process where it's going through the fire and it's being tested. They call it testing it to 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 see what uh, to, to strip out like the impurities from mm-hmm. it. So we're going through this testing period where it's like there's impurities or like things that we like might not know about ourselves that we have that are being stripped off. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when it goes through the fire, what's going to be love? And we're seeing now, <laughs> we're seeing now. Oh, how do you, that was a beautiful metaphor right there because how do you think a diamond's made? Right. Time. Pressure. Heat. Pressure. Yeah. That's the only, those are the only, the only ingredients that make a diamond. And what you see, back to yours, this thing has exposed everybody for whatever kind of life they lived before this, leading into this, and their mindset. It exposes people for the investments they've made in, the, in themselves before this, leading into this, or the lack of investment in self because you and I have made it our life's goal to optimize ourselves in every way humanly possible. We've made it our daily mission to add to ourselves in some meaningful way, big or small, a big W or small W is a W. Nonetheless, we're trying to win every single day and reflect on what it took to get to that victory or turn that failure into a success That failure was simply a challenge or an obstacle that we're going to transcend. It's not insurmountable. And so tomorrow, hopefully, most high willing, we get another chance to do that again. It's one continuous, perpetual, eternal pursuit. And so in that, this is just another leg of the race. This is just another part of the mission. The mission's like our mission is the same. Whatever it is for you is for you. And whatever it is, like we used to have, we used to have these conversations years ago. Like this conversation is the same conversation you and I have always had our whole lives yeah, with each other. You know what I'm saying? And right. so in this quarantine, I get to focus even more intensely on my right. mission, on my craft, on getting better. I told myself when this shit went down back in March, I'm going to emerge a better version of myself than I did when I even, before I even went into this shit, I'm come out even better, best Absolutely. shape of my life, best mindset ever. You yeah. name it, I'm going to have that shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And for the first time, and it's very unfortunate, man, for the first time in the history of modern mankind, has everyone, has the earth stopped? The planet has always run, this life has always run off of its own inertia. The fact that it is, is the fact, the fact that it was is the reason why it is. Yeah. It's just snowballed from the jump from day one, whenever that was. Yeah. From day one. But for the first time, 
and possibly the last time, who knows? But everyone's had the opportunity, every human being on the planet of Earth, like not just our country, the whole planet, got a moment of reprieve, got a moment to reflect, has yeah. a moment to reflect, to really think about things that truly matter and yeah. to trim the fat from whatever truly doesn't matter. True. Really refine their approach, really refine and hone their techniques, really become as dope as they can possibly be because nothing's in the way. Everyone's yeah. got time today. And it's just sad to me, man, that there's so many people that are just like going through life. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, it's just crazy to me. Like, it bothers you that bad that you're so pressed that you can't go to a, a pub. You know what I mean? It's just like. Just such an empty pursuit, man. And like no yeah. one. I mean, some like, people are willing to risk their lives doing shit that doesn't matter because they don't value life. They don't right. value theirs and they damn sure don't value mine. So I don't fuck with nobody <laughs> that has that kind of mindset. I'm telling yeah. you, there have been people who who have like just gotten upset because I wasn't I, I just wasn't going to play ball, um, you know, because and it was all predicated on how they moved. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I'm swinging by this uh, this party, this day party, um, you know, in L.A." and uh, and then we can link up. I'm like, "That's where you're wrong." <laughs> now that you've and I appreciate you supplying me with this critical That's information, true. this new information, because if you gave a shit about me, if you gave a damn about my family, because who knows if I was like maybe I broke mentally and I was like, all right, I got to see my family. It's been too long and who knows when I'll be able to see them again. Yeah. And I, and I booked the flight. Yeah. But I linked up with whoever. Right. Keep up with them for a minute after they decided to, in a moment of weakness and a bitch ass maneuver, yeah. go to a party full of people who have an equal, clearly an equal disregard for their own health and therefore others. Yeah. Linked up with them. I got the shit, whatever it was to get, and I, you know, I think that I'd be fine. But even if I just have it, one, I'm out of opportunities because I'm not not auditioning. I'm working yeah. my ass off out here. High demand, right. baby. Praise the most high. You know what I'm saying? So I'm up for things. And I can't do those things because I, I'm failing these tests. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> even yeah. so I got a quarantine. So that's a halt to my bags and opportunities. And also, maybe I want to visit my dad for a few days, which I'm not going to do. Because I give a shit about my dad. I give a shit about my mom, my family, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm going to just relax for a while. It's kind of hot here. This is the worst place to be, you know, L.A., Texas, like places like that. I'm going to let yeah. it taper off some more. You just have to be careful with how you move. And so if that person was to link up with me and I was to link up with them and we kicked it and then I got what I got, I'm going to have those opportunities there possibly. And then I go home. My dad can't get this. Right. My it's parents like, can't get this, but you're the just, reason I gave it to them? Yeah, it's, it's just, exactly. And it's like, because you wanted to go to a party? Because you wanted to go to a party full of people you don't give a fuck about or know? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, people just have a reckless disregard and are being selfish, man, because they don't want to... They don't want to be alone. They don't want to be bored. Yeah, they don't want to... What are you made of? Yeah, they don't want to do something that they should be able to do which is be with themselves yeah 
you just don't want to deal with yourself. You don't like the answers that yourself is giving you about questions you might have had and you've suppressed all along because I'd rather go and get a beer. Yeah. And, you know, I've had I've had multiple friends, man, like who had parents die from COVID. You know, I had at least three different friends. Both of their parents got it. So it's just like, Mm. you know what I mean? It's not necessary to be at a day party right now. You know, it's not necessary. Like, chill out for a few months. Like, big deal. You think? You know what I mean? Like, this this stuff's always gonna be there. You know how much work work you can get done if you just sat down and did some fucking work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I've only been moving with my squadron, my people. Right. You. JC Spencer, like people who move the way that I move, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like anyone else, I can't put it past. Like you can't put it past nobody, but who move the way that I move? Like I know, like Spencer ain't doing shit, but the quarantine protocol and shit that he be doing, he ain't fuck yeah. with nobody. You ain't messing with nobody outside of working, like getting work done, and you're being right. responsible. Like those are the only people I function with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I know y'all ain't doing no dumb shit out there. Like, yeah, so <laughs> so I went to the day party at Avalon, and uh, they were yeah. only serving Red Bulls there, but it was cool. Like the people were out there, and uh, yeah, yeah Every, everybody breathing in everything. That stale ass air is like it's recycled air because you're indoors. All all kind of stupid shit, bro. And that can just jeopardize what you got going on and trying to do, and anyone else associated with you. So I can't fuck with nobody that ain't on the same page. Yeah. Like ain't moving like I'm moving. But I know right. that you are and I know that my my team, they're moving properly. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like just nothing that that's just unnecessary. It's like, yeah. It's just wild, man. It's like if we were out in war, you know what I mean? And we had our platoon. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people trying to be allies. Yeah, just trying to infiltrate. But they're yeah, they're trying to infiltrate. But they're doing silly stuff like running around shooting themselves with a the gun. <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Hey man, come out to this thing with me. It seems to be yeah. okay. Right. You it's know, like an enemy hotbed. Right, exactly. I'm like, bro, this is a COVID stew. What the fuck you got me? No, man, I ain't going over this COVID pile up over here. Come on, man. Like, if it it was me and you, and then we were like, you know, it was just us, you know, that's different. You know what I'm saying? Right. We sitting across from each other like, this is all good. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm not talking down your mouth. You ain't talking down my face. You know, like, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Like, that's not a crazy exposure. But this shit... You don't know none of these niggas, do you? You don't know where they've been before this, do you? You don't know who they've exposed themselves to, do you? Nope, you don't know none of that unless you got uh, electron microscope vision and you can just see this shit floating in the air. (laughs) And that's not even paranoia. That's just like a healthy amount of I give a fuck about me. Exactly. And, and, you know, what I'm doing. You know what I mean? In the event that we did catch something like it's it's not even ourselves that we're that we're worried about exactly 
not worried about me. You know, in that regard. But I'm like, man. But people don't even people stop there with it. Like, eh, whatever. Um, dude, there's a ninety six percent survival rate. And it's just like, bro. My bro, not, you, you, man. Do you, like, not, do you not know how math works, bro? Yeah. <laughs> you know how big 4% is, nigga? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on top we of got that, 20 million people, you moron. And on top of that, just like, you know, the, like, the other damage that people might not even know yet. You know what I'm saying? And everybody thinks that they're in tip-top shape, but they're truly not. <laughs> I don't. You know how many... Boy, blubber built bitches out here. Come on, right. man. You know what I mean? Poorly built. And they're, they're surprised when they are at the doctor and find out, like, oh, damn, I didn't know this, this, and this. Like They move around like wow. they're in tip-top shape. I'm like, you're not in tip-top shape. Like, you, this is what you've eaten over the past however many years and, like, drank, you know what I mean, five nights out of the week. Don't ever do any type of exercise. And it's like, how can you expect – your body to be in optimal shape. Like, it's like your ability to not shut the fuck up has nothing to do about your health status at all. You can be of garbage health and not shut the fuck up about things and feel okay. Because what you feel okay about is the way that you're still able to talk your shit. Yeah. That has nothing to do about how you actually feel because what you have is normalcy. Yeah. That's when shit can go horribly arise when you feel normal. That's because your bullshit is your normal. Yeah, yeah. I truly feel tremendous. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all things considered, you know, I'm healing up f- uh, from the car wreck and all that shit, but other than that, my systems yeah. are a go. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. B- but I just work hard and tirelessly on that, you know, physical yeah. therapy and everything else. Um, you know as well, but you have to protect your kingdom. You like you got to protect your castle. Yeah. Why don't people understand that? Hell, people used to just fight wars over literally just land. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So you need to have that same kind of mentality about yourself. Right. You know, if your body's your temple and all of that good stuff. Yeah, you know, man. if you're trying to protect your enterprise, your endeavors, your empire that you're building, why would you? befall and betray every single effort in your life, every choice you've ever made to lead you to this point and in this time with the opportunities that lie in wait and are approaching fast, why would you let some double agent slide up in there and get you off your game and then put you in a compromising or vulnerable position? Unnecessarily so. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like That's why it's just vital that is just like the squad, my people, my tribe, you, me, Spence, JC, everyone else knows how to fucking act. So I don't mind. Um, I just you can't know. believe it. I'm going to go to this day party and then slide by. Bro, I said it just casually. Like you're just going to be like, okay. Yeah. He learned something new about me. You know, like <laughs> that person learned something new about me. I don't think that they knew how principled I was and maybe just re- just reasonable in general. I'm yeah. not boo-boo the fool. I want, you know, I'm, you know, I might've been born at, at night, but not last night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, I know you've heard that a million times on them old country sayings. You already know. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's a good, I think that's a good 
wrap up point spot. Shit, yeah, bro. It's definitely getting called Save It for the Pod. Save it for the pod. Got to. We got 30 seconds and then we hit the two hour mark. Yep. Then, you know, that ties back into safe too, man. I don't know. I didn't hear you playing it at the beginning, but it's like, I wrote that from like an emotional perspective. Like, we want to feel safe emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's one of like a human need uh, as people want to feel security and, and like safety. That's why people do a lot of things that we do, whether we realize or not. But then I wrote that like last year. And so like since then, (laughs) it's taken on a whole additional meaning. You know what I mean? So like, (laughs) we want to feel safe, like, so many different levels to it now you know what i mean so it's, it's crazy if you folks haven't already his new single safe it was dropped um how long ago last friday so last friday so it's going to be under and i didn't notice this <laughs> under joseph nevels j-o-s-e-p-h-n-e-v-e-l-s joseph nevels is where safe is now is your whole catalog under this now, or is it still JSPH and? So I, I still have the JSPH okay. catalog. Moving forward, just the new the new songs will be under my my full name, Joseph Nevels. Okay, so, so what y'all need to do? First of all, you got to follow my brother because uh, this is not the last conversation we're going to have. In fact, we're going to do this quite often. In fact, look forward to another episode with he and I. Um, later this week um, and get safe now though safe is in iTunes is everywhere music can be found basically Google Play Music although hell that might have 17 minutes left of its life I think they're shutting that down but on Spotify it's all over Spotify he has millions of subscribers and plays oh my gosh his music is incredible um, most of his catalog right now is under J-S-P-H J-S-P-H those four letters that's where the rest of his catalog is. But Safe is just a gorgeous song. And it's about, it's about today. And it's literally about being safe. Um, but it's also about metaphorically being safe, obviously. You need to listen to fucking the track. It's incredible. And he, um, he wrote it over the summer. And he's had so much material to draw from. This is my brother. And um, he's on Instagram at. Yeah, it's just Joseph Nevels, J-O-S-E-P-H-N-E-V-E-L. Double S. Double S, like super sport. Joseph Neville's on Instagram. This is my brother, and you guys are going to hear plenty from him. Like, this is just what we do, and this is just what we're going to do. So another episode will be up at around, uh, I'd say, Thursday or so. But we're going to schedule that, and um, you guys be sure to tune in in that regard. And here's safe. And as we send my brother off, you and I wrap here in a little bit. All right, brother? Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Always good. Always good to hear from you. Always good to hear from you, man. I love you, man. Love you too, bro. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Focus on the right thing. I've been driving down sunset. Feeling like it's my time, yeah. Seeing signs that they don't get. Trust me when I say. 
get this. Now. part of growing all a part of growing and then you can find me at um monkey d trevanti on instagram monkey d trevanti like monkey d luffy but not because it's monkey d trevanti on instagram and then we'll have another uh, um, another episode here this week so look forward to that you can share like subscribe all that good shit turn on your notifications that way you know when i drop some new hotness because it's going to be quite often hopefully all things considered Definitely more. And then I think my road mics will be here this week as well. So it's going to be another level up for the podcast studio. I mean, my brother has a beautiful voice. I have some truly talented, uh, talented, gifted friends. And I'm just, they're a gift in and of themselves. And that's aside from the gifts that they were actually born with, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I really appreciate your patronage. I really appreciate the love that y'all share and show. Please continue to do so. And uh, if you guys have any questions, inquiries, content that you want to send or submit, you can send that to imeanpod at gmail.com. imeanpod at gmail.com. And this podcast, I'm going to get it back on Apple Podcasts. They were tripping. But once we get that shit right, it'll be up there again. And then also, I uh, reach out to me. Instagram, Monkey D. Trevanti and... Uh, I mean pod at gmail.com share like subscribe all the good shit and write a five-star sterling review on the podcast platform of your choice Spotify being one of them Apple podcast going to be another one of those and then on Google pod which is where we're located as well share me some love share me share me share me share my content and I appreciate the love ladies and gents there's plenty more to come everyone stay safe be careful and uh, just know that the happiness the joy, more specifically and more importantly, that's within. Explore yourself. This is an excavation, and that excavation is internal is what I'm coming to realize. It's internal. It's within us. That's what we need to search for. That's where the answers lie. I think it's within us, and it help us make a whole lot. We have a lot more tools by which to deal with our external world and our environment than we think, but it's all in us already. So just keep that stuff in mind. And if y'all want to have a conversation, y'all let me know. Reach out to me. I'm here. Much love. Peace. Until the next one. I mean...